0: Hi, gang. This is Dave. You know me as Dave Kill on the forums. I'd like to invite you to sit back and enjoy another great podcast. What do you say, Hal? I'm sorry,
1: Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
2: Welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico, your host, for another exciting extravaganza in the worlds of sci-fi, Star Trek, and all kinds of geeky goodness. Today will be podcast number 169. It is April the 13th, 2008. Going to have a good show for everyone today. Going to be looking at a classic episode from the original series called "Mud's Women, going to have a guest collectible review later on, uh, some news and things about the Star Trek movie, uh, some science fiction discussion, and all kinds of other things. So uh, let's get started.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Treks and Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. hot. Prepare to download my program into the Autonomous
4: emitter.
3: sci-fi battle stations
1: stand by to receive our transmission
3: your weekly dose of sci-fi information and geeky goodness treks
5: the Vulcan brain never ceases to amaze me.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Rico.
2: Transfer complete. Hello, everyone. Hopefully everyone is in good spirits and is ready to listen to another and sci-fi podcast, or perhaps the first one if uh, you've just stumbled across this show on iTunes or Podcast Alley or other podcast uh, directories of uh, various, uh, you know, nice free downloadable audio content for you. I, You know, I even have XM radio in my car, and I, I still end up listening to a lot of podcasts, podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of great ones out there. Uh, there's just so much fun stuff that people are putting out just because they love the material. And I think that's uh, that really helps a lot. You know, when people are doing something that they really enjoy, I think it comes through. And uh, a lot of the podcasts I enjoy the, the most are, are people that really are uh, passionate about the subject, as I am about Star Trek and sci-fi. So uh, welcome to uh, show 169. Like I said earlier, we're going to talk about a lot of uh, the usual stuff. Uh, You know, each week's a little different, of course. Uh, The usual sort of subjects, but different uh, a little bit each week. Uh, The... The biggest topic, again, will be the episode from early in the first season of the original series Mud's Women, which is a lot of fun, and I kind of went back and forth on how to do that one this week. I was almost going to do a full audio where I was going to play the whole episode and comment as we go, but I decided to do a clip one again. Uh, I I always, each week, try to mix that up. I I do more of the clip shows because I think they're a little bit better, and they give me a chance to talk more about the episode uh, rather than just sort of watching it. I find myself, when I do the commentary ones, I tend to sort of get slipped in or pulled into the episode and maybe don't make as many comments and and things I wanted to bring up uh, during the episode as I would with a clip one. But they're both kind of fun. I know there's some people out there that like one more than the other, but uh, that will be coming up here shortly after we go through some uh, Star Trek uh, movie uh, discussion, some other Star Trek related news, some sci-fi discussion, and and all kinds of fun. So uh, hang in there. Here we go.
3: What's the latest on the new Star Trek movie?
2: Okay. Uh, as far as the uh, Star Trek movie, a few little tidbits. Uh, they were doing some filming, I guess, uh, as about a few days ago, this past week, in the Bakersfield, California area. the uh, The it seems that they were trying to use that area and, and set up sort of a uh, something that looked like an Iowa farm to show uh, the young Kirk uh, as he was growing up there, and a few little tidbits from that uh, shooting there appears to be there might be some classic cars shown in in the uh movie which uh it's kind of interesting i was thinking about that and uh, remember the scene in a uh, piece of the action where kirk has to drive that old you know 1940s car and he seems to sort of at least know a little bit of of how to do that so uh, i'm not sure if they're trying to tie something in there that he has some experience with old you know earth automobiles on his farm or not but uh that was kind of interesting there supposedly is maybe like a red corvette or something that's on the farm uh maybe the young kirk is tooling around uh on the back roads of uh Iowa with it uh but i guess that they were trying to keep the this location fairly secret but uh things uh, kind of uh slipped out because there was a nearby i guess some kind of a nearby traffic accident and Uh, People discovered what was going on, and, of course, all the press rushes out there and everything. uh, But they're doing some—this is—even like, though I uh, announced—I think it was just last week's show that uh, they've—you know, the shooting has wrapped— that's principal photography. There's a lot of um, what they call secondary photography and second unit shots that they do pick up things like this that don't involve the main uh, cast, the main director and all of that. Uh, although there's not a lot here from what I'm hearing, they're they're pretty much wrapping this stuff up too uh, pretty quickly. So, and it'll be going into, you know, the whole post-production and all the long special effects uh, work that needs to be done and editing and everything like that. So, I know uh many people that listen to uh the podcast are real interested in uh Star Trek uh the, you know the celebrities and their music and things like that. I played some Chase Masterson music uh on last week's show and uh this week I wanted to play a little bit uh it seems that uh Anthony over at uh trekmovie.com was at the just this past weekend actually it would still be going on today I believe uh this uh, annual Grand Slam convention going out in uh California this week. Anyone listening to the show, by the way, who happens to be at the Grand Slam and wanna wants to send in some kind of an audio review or comment or anything, uh, please do that. Trek at gmail.com. You can always call so call the voicemail line 206 666 6127. But uh, Anthony Pascal, who does who edits the uh, Trek great trekmovie dot com site, got a quick little interview uh, with Brent Spiner, who has a new CD of music uh, that's out this can be uh this little youtube clip can be seen over at uh, trekmovie.com i'm going to play a little of it for you right now here on the podcast and uh to hear the whole thing uh, make sure you visit trekmovie.com
6: oh here's your name right here how oh, odd! it's right on a card and your oh this is your card uh so anthony uh <laughs> thank you for you can, throwing the uh, card uh, away you can use that if you like anthony pascal who is talking to me right now about my good wife focused here? I'm focused. Okay. Who's talking to me about my new CD. If only I had a copy, I would be able to... Oh! Oh! There it is now. Uh... Dreamland. Starring myself, and the brilliant Maude Maggard, who uh... If you haven't heard her sing, do yourself a favor. She's unbelievable. She really is. She's one of the greatest singers in the world today, if not any day. Anthony, do you have a question?
7: Or? Yeah, no. Let's let's ask the the. Um, now, this isn't a straightforward album like a music album like your previous albums. Right.
6: No, it is not uh, just a, a list of songs. It's uh, it's actually it, it's it's a concept album. I, I like to think of it as a, an audio film, as a musical of the mind, if you will. It's uh, it's um, music and uh, songs and. Uh, uh, a story and dialogue. Mark Hamill does all the other male characters on it. You may have heard of him. He was in that uh, Corvette Summer, right? Uh, he was in that Harrison Ford picture. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. anyway, uh, Star something and uh, Trek, yeah. Right? Uh, and uh, it's got um, amazing sound effects, and so it really does. You 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 hopefully can visualize everything on it. It's really really interesting.
7: Now, you've never done anything like this before, so what, what was the inspiration to do, or have you done something like this? No. Before?
6: As a matter of fact, nobody's ever done anything like this. That's the good part. Um, it. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I was driving around in my Prius. Uh, I drive a Prius because I am green, and um, I, uh, I was listening to XM Radio, and uh, I was listening to the 40s station, and I was listening to old-time radio uh, Jack Benny shows, and I was listening to... Uh, Jonathan Schwartz's uh, program, which plays standards, it's called High High Standards, and um, and all of that stuff started to kind of come together. And I thought,
2: wow, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do sort of a story. And- well, there you go. Uh, that's about a I think it's about five or six minutes long total. Uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, it Looks like uh, Brent was there signing autographs on his new CD, Dreamland, at the uh, Creation Grand Slam Convention going on this. Current weekend uh, out in California, and Anthony got a little uh, audio bit and camera work there on YouTube. He put it up, and you can see it, like I said, at trekmovie.com.
3: What's going on in the world of sci fi?
2: Uh, a few things in the worlds of uh, sci fi uh, movies and television. Let's start with the TV scene a little bit. Uh, we got the second episode a uh, couple days ago on the Sci-Fi Channel of the fourth season of Battlestar Galactica. continues to be a great show. Uh, really interesting stuff going on there. I, again, urge everyone to watch that series. If you haven't, or if you haven't uh, had a chance to ever watch even any of it, pick up the DVDs. Great show. Uh, also, the Sci-Fi Channel, at least in the States, is showing the the new Sarah Jane Adventures, which is a little more kitty like uh, She was sort of a sp- she used to be the Doctor Doctor Who's companion uh, years ago, and now she has this little spinny-off sp- spinning off, spinny off show, spin-off show, and uh, it was kind of good. I watched the first one the hour long, and now they're going to be half hour after that on Friday nights uh, along with Battlestar, and Doctor Who will be returning uh, with uh, a new season again uh, starting next Friday, so look forward to seeing that Uh Not uh, much else on the sci-fi realm on television. uh, There is that show Big Bang Theory, which sort of has a little uh, sort of geeky element to it, which I really enjoy on Monday nights. uh, Not uh, really sci-fi, but it's still a fun show for the geeks. Uh, In the movie world, there was a, a report coming out this past week that there was a scene in the new Dark Knight movie, which is the, of course, next Batman film coming out this summer, And uh, the late Heath Ledger, of course, is playing the Joker in that. And there was a uh, a report uh, going around, reports floating around the Internet, that there was a scene in this movie. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but basically there was a scene that with test audiences, I guess, sort of reminded them of the fact that Heath Ledger passed away to some degree somehow. I don't know. I mean, this is a movie, and then there's reality. So I guess the, the audiences that they've tested it with, though, weren't really that happy with the scene. And there were some rumors floating around that they might perhaps cut this out. Although from what I'm reading more of now is that that's probably not going to happen. I mean, you know, the, the same thing happened, I remember, with Brandon Lee and The Crow. And people were wondering what they were going to do with that and how they were going to handle things. Of course, uh, for people that have seen that film, there is a lot of things related to death and and just all kinds of nasty stuff. But they still went on, went ahead with the movie, and released it uh even though Brandon, of course, unfortunately had died due to an accident on the set of that movie, and again, I feel the same way with this, with the the Dark Knight, uh, that they, you know the the director should Chris Nolan, I think, is the director. You know, he should do the vision and the movie that he wanted to do. It's unfortunate that Heath Ledger passed away, but the movie is is its own thing, and they shouldn't compromise that just because of you know something that has happened. At least that's my opinion. Others may have different views. Uh, I respect that, but. I really think it should be up to the you know the director, and it shouldn't be just a reaction based on a few test audiences out there. So, especially with this report coming out saying that they might edit and change the movie because of you know what uh, what has happened. So, there's also a couple things going on with the X Files movie, you know, that's coming out this summer. Huge! I'm a huge X Files fan. Got to do a podcast, probably maybe do a podcast about that uh, whole series uh, when we get closer to the movie this summer. Uh, They are going to be releasing sort of a a collected set of episodes uh, near when the movie releases in July. And I think there's supposed to be some relation to those episodes to the movie, even though this is sort of a standalone film. Uh, It's probably just to get a little more interest, too, for the movie uh, release, a new DVD set, even though all the seasons are out on DVD already for The X-Files. Got a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of uh, clips for Iron Man showing up online and on TV uh, that's only going to be out or uh, is coming out uh, very shortly, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, I keep, again, hearing that their movie release date has been moved up a couple of days. So keep an eye out on the Internet, and I'll try to report it here as well and on the website over at com when they confirm exactly. I'm still predicting that it's going to come out on Wednesday, April 30th. I think they would uh, be likely to move that up from the May 2nd date they were always talking about so that's about it for the worlds of sci-fi on the movies and uh, television that I wanted to cover right now
7: hey fellow Trexin sci-fi fans want to show off your geeky goodness why not get the all new limited edition Trexin sci-fi t-shirt this time the black tee sports the in sci-fi logo with our good friend Spock and his iPod on the front and the ever popular URL on the back www.trexansci-fi.com Go online, visit the forums, and order yours today. Twenty-five bucks gets you the shirt and the shipping if you live in the United States. But hey, you cool outlanders are good to go too. A little extra, and Rico will beam your shirts to your country as well. The Treks in Sci-Fi Geeky Goodness T-shirt. Get yours today.
2: Well, thanks, Rick. Uh, that's Rick Moyer, our good friend from the forums. Uh, he uh, was kind enough to do a couple of those promos. I played him in the last week or two uh, of the podcast. Uh, yes, the new Trexan Sci-Fi black t-shirt, uh, which seems to be pretty popular. Everyone likes that idea. And uh, putting the Spock logo on the front of it. they uh, got uh, just a couple of days left to order those. I, I set the cutoff uh, uh, the same as tax day. Uh, I, although maybe when I set that, I didn't quite realize it. But anyway, I was try, shooting for the middle of the month. So April 15th, uh, to the end of April 15th, you have to order those. There is a link at the main website, trexinsci-fi.com. There's also a link on the forums uh, and all that kind of stuff. You can order pick your size. And uh, I am shipping to other places. Uh, I've got some UK orders, some uh, others from uh, around the world. So uh, I've, I'll, just a little extra shipping will get them to you as well. Uh, keep in mind, I only do these usually a couple times a year. So if you want a T-shirt, uh, now's the time to order your size, and uh, it will be getting to you. Probably, I'm shooting on hoping for. I'm going to order them um, just today, probably April 16th, right after I get all the orders in. And it uh, usually takes two, three weeks to get the order to me and then another week or so to get them to you. So you should have them by mid to end of May is, is the target for those that have ordered so far. And I want to also say thanks to everyone that's ordered uh, and put your orders in ahead of time. Uh, that's always great. Uh, I always have a few stragglers in the last couple of days. So uh, get those orders in. Hi, I'm
7: Kenny, and I'm a Trekaholic. Hi, 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 Kenny. I do this RPG game on the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum. It's really cool. I get to play a different character and explore the Star Trek universe. And even better than that, I'm the captain.
0: Cool. Oh,
7: wow. As awesome. Think Live long and the prosper. GAS is the best Keeps series. I, long can long have an I need your help. We need more people to help write. It's really fun. You should check it out.
3: Oh yeah, it's trexandsci dot I go there way too often. It's on the forums.
7: That's right. And we just got our new ship, the USS Arabella. It's an Intrepid class two and we're heading out to the Beta Quadrant to explore the unknown. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. awesome. So if you're addicted to Star Trek like I am, come join me on the Chucks and Sci-Fi role-playing game. All right. All right. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. job. We're We're here for you, man. We get any cakes now?
2: Yeah, there's a little uh, promo that uh, some of the people, uh, Kenny there and uh, others, Jen, and others on the RPG game at the sci-ficom forum put together. Uh, season The new Season 7 is just uh, about to get going, and it's going to be pretty exciting. New vessel, the USS Arabella. Uh, several new people have joined up, and I want to play a little brief snippet here. Uh, they've been putting together, they've done some audio dramas uh, where – different people act out the lines of different uh, cast members of the rpg game that should be uh getting put together for the last season and here's a little take uh with one of our british listeners on captain bell and this is one of his uh, the the lines won't make a lot of sense because they're kind of out of context but just give you a little snippet and a little taste for what's coming up uh with the um, dramatization of one of the rpg seasons uh basically we take some of the parts and and lines and and give them to various people to act out so anyway without any further ado and i believe this is hawkeye on the forums uh saying the lines of captain bell
4: hey watch it margum so have you given any more thought to my idea uh, funny margum be you know it might be hard to be you for your hair cutting skills and that makes me wonder, why are you boleons always barbers or bartenders? Well, do what? Well, of course I'm afraid. Only idiots never fear. Well, it's the adventure, Margot. It's the pure adventure. And then the fact they have met more new life forms and seen more places and what well, most people ever even read about. It. It's the ability to really make a difference in a universe where things beg for the making of sense. Yes it is, but you have a gift. Margan, do this. Your advice has been so helpful to me. You understand people. You need to help people, but not just here on earth. I know it's a risk and you may even lose people you love, you may lose your life, but listen to me, it's worth it. Don't squander what you've been given. You're more than cutting hair. You need adventure and adventure needs you.
2: You need a temperature. Yeah, there will give you some feel uh, for some of the writing and the acting uh, going into the RPG game. Great stuff. Gets better every season. And I'm looking forward to uh, the new adventures uh, of the starship Arabella coming up in Season 7.
3: When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico... Please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com.
2: Well, there's a little uh, bit of a promo for the Anomaly Podcast, the Geeky Girl Podcast, uh, by our friends Jen and Angela. Over at AnomalyPodcast.com. check that place out. They have some cool little videos they put up there, and I, I think the uh, the shows that they've put out so far have been great. Uh, it's always fun to hear, uh, you know, a different perspective uh, on all the geek topics that we discuss uh, from uh, more of a female point of view, and uh, you don't hear that as much. You know, the, the, I you know it's obvious and and freely admit that you know all the conventions and. And different people I've met over the years in this area uh, have been more, you know, a lot more guys in it and, you know, fans of Trek and Star Wars and and all the types of stuff that we talk about on the, this podcast, uh, you know, it tends to be a pretty guy-centric thing. But uh, there's a lot of girls out there that like it, too, and uh, two great ones to listen to, Jen and Angela over at Anomaly Podcast. Okay, uh, I've got one more little uh, segment here that I want to play before we get into the Muds Women uh, discussion and review. This is uh, another clip uh, by Bob Picardo. Rob Picardo played the Doctor, of course, on Voyager. This is his tune. This is a live rendition of I'll Be Sold for Christmas. Not exactly the right time of the year, but I think it's still a lot of fun to listen to. So listen to this, and I'll be back in a few minutes.
5: This was recorded live on Sunset at Maxwell's at the Argyle. Thanks to Maxwell DeMille and the great Dean Mora and his modern rhythmists.
7: Are we ready boys?
5: I'm an actor who works on a Star Trek show It's a Paramount property And since Viacom owns all that Paramount owns Viacom owns me I'll be sold for Christmas you can purchase me little cards and little dolls a doctor for your tree Christmas Eve you'll find me near that checkout line from Toys R Us to Target I'm just 8 99 oh buy me please for Christmas for all your shopping needs t-shirts CD-ROMs and books if anyone <laughs> still reads, though Viacom will stiff us our merchandising fee, we'll file an endless lawsuit and win posthumously. Oh, buy me, please, for Christmas. I'm cute As bald men go You'll find it hard To buy Picard And not buy Picardo If I'm not sold By Christmas It's embarrassing You see For I'll Be in the discount rack there by i o 3 won't you purchase me Ka-chi. thanks
2: yeah that was a lot of fun uh, Bob Picardo seems to have a great sense of humor always like uh, playing his stuff and thanks to uh, Nathaniel for sending that in next up Mudd's Women
1: Captain's Log Stardate 1329.1 The Enterprise brings aboard the survivors of an ill-fated vessel
3: Hello
1: And the ladies Is this your crew, Captain? This is Micargo.
6: I read once a commander has to act like a paragon of virtue. I never met a paragon.
1: Neither have I. Mr. Walsh, I'm convening a ship's hearing on your actions. Mr. Spock will supply you with any legal information you may need. You're a hard-nosed one, Captain. And you're a liar, Mr. Walsh. Mr. You out you'll get killed. Just have those crystals here when I get back.
2: Okay, there you have the uh, one minute or so preview uh, clip for this episode, Mud's Women. Uh, it's uh, I've been trying to kind of. Uh finish off uh, most of at least season one of the original series uh, i've covered most of the episodes and this is uh one i i must have missed uh it's a fun episode and uh, it's uh a little different uh, but i think it's uh it's it shows a lot of interesting qualities and and things about the characters especially early in season one of the original series that i wanted to talk about uh let's give you some uh, basic background here uh this episode months women it was uh the story the original um Genesis for this story was by Gene Roddenberry. He wrote the uh, the basic plot and outline and story for it. Uh, but the uh, script was by Stephen Kendall, uh, directed by Harvey Hart. Uh, a little more background on the story. Uh, when uh, the network had decided that uh, after the cage, you know, that, that whole thing where they wanted to do a new pilot where no man has gone before is what they ended up with. But Gene had written three different actual choices or given them three choices uh, I, I believe again the 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 three choices were uh, where no man has gone before muds women and also the Omega glory and obviously the most action-adventure out of those uh, three episodes I believe is definitely where no man has gone before it has some very interesting concepts uh, about friendship and loyalty and a guy who gets superpowers super how did I say that super Pars, <laughs> I'm not Texas. They're Texan. <laughs> anyway, the the episode where no man has gone before was a good choice for the second pilot. Uh, but Mud's Women was one of the other stories Gene had come up with and ended up being worked into and made into a script that was uh, filmed for uh, one of the early episodes uh, of uh, season one of the original series. Now uh, that uh, because of the time frame, there are some interesting things in this episode box called a volcano uh, 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 not a did I almost say volcanian a volcanian uh, a little tricky to say instead of just a vulcan by Harry Mudd he's he's called that uh he also sort of tends to smile and grin a lot in this episode especially with all the girls walking around the Enterprise Spock kind of uh he's got a lot of cool uh expressions and you know sometimes I kind of miss that you know he's not supposed to be a pure Vulcan he's supposed to be half human it's a little blatant in this episode and they didn't have the whole emotional control thing down and uh figured with uh Spock out at this point uh so that that's one of the things to watch for when you're uh seeing this episode again. Also there Kirk seems a little stiffer and a little more tough i guess in this episode maybe than he is later on especially with some of his other uh people on the enterprise and the crew uh and and he sort of loosens up eventually and and you get that later in in the first season Uh, just little things like that uh and and some of the characters maybe you know the these women coming aboard the enterprise they kind of were a little heavy-handed with how most of the crew reacts to that but there are reasons for that and we'll get into that as we go through the discussion on this episode so i think uh that's most of what I wanted to cover. Uh, uh, let me talk... Uh, well, I guess we'll talk about Harry Mudd and uh, the actor playing him as we go through the episode. Let's get into the clips a little bit. Uh, the first one, again, this is uh, early in the episode, and we get introduced to the character, not uh, as he is known later as Harry Mudd, but Leo Walsh. So listen to this as I believe they're transporting him over to the Enterprise.
1: Scotty, we're getting a distress signal. Locked on to something, Captain.
0: Meaning no ingratitude, gentlemen, but just where is it I find myself? You're aboard the USS Enterprise. Oh, it's really a darn beautiful ship, isn't it? Really a beautiful ship. The name gentleman is Walsh, Captain Leo Walsh. How many more in your crew? Just a few more. Your vessel's breaking up, man. If we don't get them over here right now... Well, we couldn't be sure he was a friendly vessel now, could we? Ah, But the three of them will be in position right about by now. Another lithium circuit.
1: Now supplementing with battery power, sir. Got it. How many of them did you get aboard? Only one, sir. But we've locked onto three more.
2: Now, something uh, interesting, a couple things about this episode. Uh, one, uh, the circuits that are blowing out here on the Enterprise as they try to protect uh, a Harry Mudd's ship out there through this asteroid field is uh they're they're called lithium circuits and they go searching later in the episode for for new lithium crystals of course that would soon to become known as dilithium sound a little bit more uh scientific a little more futuristic you know lithium is an element uh and i thought they you know they wanted to jazz it up a little bit and called it dilithium uh eventually and uh, but it would still serve the same purpose it's uh it's a crystalline structure that is necessary to uh, run all the power, I guess, on the ship through in order for everything to function properly, sort of like a, a futuristic transistor or something like that. But uh, the uh, because of this uh, situation, the, the Enterprise blows a lot of these circuits and these crystals out, and that eventually leads them later in the episode to Rigel-12, which we'll talk about as we go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Harry Mudd, I guess, before we get into the clips uh, anymore. Uh, Roger C. Carmel uh, plays Harry Mudd, and he's sort of a pirate. Uh, he's got a funny hat and a puffy shirt and an earring. and uh, Roger uh, Carmel does a great job uh, playing Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd turns into a, a, a sort of a recurring nemesis for Kirk. He ends up in another episode of the original series and an episode of the animated series as well. Uh, and and they are also, I believe, Star Trek: New Voyages, the fan film production, is has an upcoming episode featuring uh, sort of the return of Harry Mudd. Uh, Roger Carmel has passed away since then, but they have a, you know a new actor. They've got you know all the principal actors recast in that anyway. So since it's supposed to be sort of uh, the original series time frame, and all uh, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, sort of a fourth season, and in, in a way of. The original series, so keep an eye out for that if you're a fan of Harry Mudd. He'll be making, like I said, an appearance on New Voyages, from what I've read, uh, upcoming in that production. So uh, again, a, a very big fan favorite character from Trek, uh, a, a good favorite of mine. Harry Mudd uh, is a, is kind of a, a con man. He he's not really that uh, dangerous. He's he's more of a nuisance a little bit. And in this episode, he brings aboard these uh, three beautiful women. That he's transporting to a uh, a group of settlers out on a colony world, and uh, the next clip here uh, talks about Harry referring to these women as his cargo.
0: You're certain this was everyone aboard, Mister Walsh? No other crewmen. Oh no, that's everyone, all right. But so far as the ladies actually being the crew, you can explain that to the captain. Amen to that Scotty I'm sure these starships are really something marvelous But men will always be men no matter where they are Hey mister, you'll never take that out of them You're hard aren't you? Mm-hmm. Ah, well, then, a pretty face doesn't affect you at all, does it? Uh, that is, not unless you want it to. You can save it, girls. This type can turn himself off from any emotion.
6: I apologize for what he said, sir. He's so used to buying and selling
0: people. I'll handle the conversation,
6: darling. <laughs>
0: The commander of the transport to see you, Captain.
1: Good. Now, if you don't mind telling. Hello. And the ladies? Is this your crew, Captain?
0: Oh, well, no, Captain this is mcargo
2: yeah so the kirk there uh gets to meet the uh these three beautiful women which uh, for kirk is probably a, a you know kind of a a field day a happy day <laughs> especially one the blonde uh named eve uh he becomes sort of a little bit attached to throughout this episode uh and she probably does the most uh, in the episode, as far as the three girls are concerned. Uh, you l- heard that music. This episode has some pretty—I uh, guess people would probably uh, label it as sort of cheesy music, but it was a product of the times of the '60s. You know, uh, women in, in in the early days, and even though you had Uhura on the bridge and uh, Yeoman Rand, but you know, except in the original concept for. For Trek, where you had number one, the second-in-command being a woman, uh, they weren't always treated the best. I, I'm, I'll freely admit that. They were walking around in skirts a lot of the time. And uh, they also had stated in the original series that women couldn't be starship captains, which, you know, for Gene Roddenberry and a lot of his progressive thinking uh, was was a little bit of a shock, I, I always thought. Uh, even when I saw this uh, or saw, or uh, you know, the original series years ago, it always kind of struck me as sort of being a little weird and a little naive and didn't really fit in with Gene's vision of this sort of harmonious future where all different people and aliens from all all throughout the galaxy were working together but no women no sorry you can get me some coffee honey and uh, you know take take some notes or captain's logs for me but that's about it uh, you know that um, that kind of is a little bit of a drawback from this series and from the product of the generation it was in. But I know Gene more than made up for that when he did, you know, the Next Generation and the later series and so forth. So we'll cut him a little bit of slack on that. Uh, But this is, again, still a fun episode, I think. And uh, if you can get past that part of it, if that doesn't bother you too much and and just kind of enjoy it. And there is kind of a good message at the end, which sort of turns that on its head a little bit. So we'll get to that in, in a few minutes. Uh, the next clip, this one is about uh, the, di- the... Oh, excuse me, I almost said dilithium. The lithium crystals in the situation aboard the uh, low-powered Enterprise. The
6: entire
0: ship's power is feeding through one lithium crystal. We'll switch to bypass circuits.
1: We burned them all up when we superheated, Captain. That jackass, Walsh, not only wrecked his own vessel, but in saving his skin... Makes it makes you feel any better, Engineer. That's one jackass we're going to see skinned but it's frustrating almost
0: a million gross tons of vessel depending on a hunk of crystal the size of my fist and that crystal won't hold up not uh, pulling all our power through it well Mr. Spock there's a lithium mining operation on Rigel 12 high grade ore I've heard location and distance Mr. Farrell has the course less than two days travel make for Rigel 12 Mr. Spock Rigel 12 Mr. Farrell you have the course
2: a couple things I wanted to mention here. One, this episode has been enhanced and cleaned up and added with new special effects. Most of that you see in the early part of the episode when they're chasing Harry Mudd's ship through the asteroid field. They added a little graphic for his ship. Instead of it being, it used to be just sort of a almost just a blob in space, not very much detail to it. And the asteroids are made much better looking. As well, so that uh, you can look for that enhanced episode. It's also out on uh, in the first season HD DVD set. I and uh, like I've been normally doing, if you're a member on the forums or you join up, I, I put up the, each episode uh, f- to view uh, via Flash pop-up uh, there. And the one with Mud's Women up right now is the enhanced version with the new effects. So you can check that out. Uh, another thing to watch uh, as you're seeing this episode. There was a tendency by the cameramen working on Star Trek to sort of give you a sort of a glowing, soft focus on the women. Anytime there was a women women in a close-up or a headshot of a woman in Star Trek, especially in these early uh, episodes, they sort of put them in a soft, you know, very uh, kind of nice uh, focus, almost like you were looking through uh, a very sheer gauze and with some backlighting and everything, makes them you know almost look angelic in a way to a degree and i think it works pretty nicely and it's used quite a bit in this episode in *Mud's women so the uh next clip leads into this they they do a hearing uh for harry and and sort of the fact that he put the ship in danger and 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 different things and there's this computer that uh well has a lot more knowledge of harry than he would like to let on so listen to this clip
0: state your correct name for the record Harry Mudd.
5: Incorrect.
0: How could Fenton Mudd. Any past offences, Mr. Mud? Of course not, gentlemen. I'm simply an honest
5: businessman. Incorrect.
0: Blast that tin-plated pot.
3: Full data
0: coming on screen.
3: If it can read our minds too.
0: They can darling. They can't. Just what's on the record?
5: Offence record, smuggling. Sentence suspended. Transport of stolen goods. Purchase of space vessel with counterfeit currency. Sentences psychiatric treatment. Effectiveness disputed.
1: Mr. Mudd, you are charged with galaxy travel without a flight plan, without an identification beam, and failure to answer a starship signal, thus affecting a menace to navigation. What, my tiny little ship in this immense galaxy? A menace to (laughs) navigation. You're also charged with operation of a vessel without a master's license.
0: Untrue. I have a master's ticket.
5: Incorrect. Master's license revoked. Star date eleven sixteen point four.
2: All right. That's a good scene there. That the uh, computer voice, of course, is done by Majel Barrett, who ends up uh, marrying Gene Roddenberry. Majel Barrett Roddenberry plays Loaxana on TNG and Deep Space Nine. Uh, a good. Good selection, good choice for the voice of the computer for the enterprise, and so we're learning a lot about Harry Mudd from this. He's a, you know, he's a scoundrel. He's sort of like the Han Solo of, of Star Trek. He goes around trying to do what he needs to do to, to kind of keep going and get by, and uh, but again, he's he's relatively harmless, uh, especially in this episode. I'd say the second one, uh, the I Mud episode from season two, he's probably a little bit more of a threat than than in this one even, but. Uh, let's go on. This is another uh, clip coming up here from, I believe, the the hearing uh, a little bit later on in it. Do
0: you see, gentlemen, just as I told you,
2: three lovely
0: ladies destined for frontier planets, to be the companions of lonely men, to supply that warmth of a human touch that so desperately needed, a wife, a home, a family. Gentlemen, I look upon this work as a sacred public trust. I've devoted my whole life to it.
5: Incorrect.
0: Well, I'm about to start devoting my entire life to it.
1: Did these ladies come voluntarily?
3: Well, of
0: course. Now, for example, Ruthie here comes from a pelagic planet, Sea ranches. Might there from the Helium Experimental Station.
6: It's the same story for all of us, Captain. No men. Mine was a farm planet with automated machines for company and then two brothers to cook for, mend their clothes, canal mud, a foot thick on their boots every time they walked in. Fine, Evie, fine. No, it's not fine. We've got men willing to be our husbands waiting for us and you're taking us in the opposite direction. Staring at us like we were saturnious harem girls or something.
2: That's enough, Evie. So there you learn the uh, names of all the women, uh, these uh, muds women. Uh, we've got uh, Maggie Threat. Uh, they, I'm looking online for their last names. You don't hear them a lot. Uh, but anyway, uh, that was uh, uh, she plays uh, Ruth of Bonaventure. She's the, I believe, she's the dark-haired one, right? And then there's Susan Denberg, uh, who's Magda Kovex. She sort of looks like the, the, she's the blonde Swedish-looking one with that weird wrap. Uh, kind of outfit. Uh, she actually uh, was a, a Playboy centerfold at one time, too, so uh, uh, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, and then also the the main one, uh, Eve, uh, in the red dress that Kirk kinds of uh, falls for a little bit, Eve McCurran, uh, is played by Karen Steele and has probably the best uh, parts and acting to do in this episode so some pretty nice uh looking ladies there in another uh episode of star trek which uh you know they they did this over the years and i i like the the message of this uh sort of uh beauty is in the eye of the beholder a little bit and and we'll talk about that more towards the end but you, you know you kind of are what you make yourself to be so uh the next clip this one's kind of a fun one one of the um i believe it's uh ruthie goes into uh she's the dark-haired one goes in to see dr mccoy and uh, his little medical scanner kind of goes bleep bleep a little weird and uh it, it's a fun scene so here's uh that clip
3: it's fascinating
1: Would 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 you walk past my panel again please
3: you what
0: my medical scanner
3: Oh, why? You're not giving me an examination, are you?
0: Oh, no, I wouldn't trust my...
1: my judgment. Believe me, just walk by, please.
0: It's not supposed to do that.
3: I wondered, will you be examining the miners on Rigel Twelve?
0: yes if they need eh?
3: you mean you haven't asked yet are they in good health and all that
0: what oh yes they're in excellent health all three of them oh three are you wearing some
2: unusual kind of perfume or something radioactive my dear No, I'm just me. Yeah, you know, Dr. McCoy should have probably, you know, realized or tried to insist a little bit more on a medical examination there because he should have understood that there's something weird about the women. But uh, uh, he talks about that in a later scene here. Uh, I'm not sure if I captured that one. But uh, anyway, it's still a fun little scene. I like her line there where she says, No, I'm just me. So, uh and uh now we're getting to uh the point where you learn basically what's going on and uh they're uh, in their quarters uh the women and Harry Mudd and they're all sort of starting to look a little uh, ugly I guess is the only way to put it uh not the the beautiful women have been crawling all over the enterprise making the guys go crazy for them and uh they uh now we're you know the audience is sitting there and kind of wondering oh what's going on here and uh it's discovered that there's this little magic pill, basically, that Harry's been giving them to uh, sort of enhance their appearance and looks. And uh, and he gives them uh, the pills again. And, of course, they all become, you know, the beautiful babes of the Enterprise once more. Uh, and this uh, clip uh, kind of uh, tells you all that.
3: This is Pierce. But if someone sees us like this... You'll never find them, Harry. And if you do find them, you know what they are. A cheat. If you care for someone, really care.
0: For who, Evie? For Kirk. You'll find out the ship's captains are already married, girl. To their vessels. you find that out the first time he came between him and the ship. You'll see.
3: I'm going back to what I was. Ugly. I can't stand myself at Why did you hide them, Harry? Did you trust us?
0: I didn't hide them, girl. I put them in a safe place in case I was searched.
6: Find the prairie.
3: Mattress. Yes, dear!
0: take it it's not a cheat it's a miracle for some man who can appreciate it and who needs it
2: yeah so all the women are back to their normally lovely self after the drug there and uh the, uh, they make their way to Rigel twelve and uh, the kind of girls are um, the the miners there want the girls in exchange for giving the enterprise and Kirk the lithium he's not too keen on that idea at first but he doesn't have a whole lot of choice so, so uh, they are still in orbit uh, their orbits sort of decaying because they don't have enough power and uh, once the women are down on the planet they start to hang out with these there's three of them and three guys and you know uh, they each sort of pick one. And uh, the next clip, I'm moving kind of ahead a little bit in the episode and trying to get us uh, finished off here. This one is after uh, Eve has been with uh, Ben Childress for a little bit. And uh, she's starting to look a little different. And uh, she's sitting there playing cards, and uh, he isn't all that happy with the situation. So listen to this clip. You
5: know, play as an old
2: bucket. You're not even good company. What the
5: devil happened to your looks anyway?
6: I got tired of you. I slumped.
5: You heard what I said? You're homely. I've got enough in crystals already to buy queens.
3: I'm gross.
0: I didn't touch her. Thank heaven you found her. She's been bubbling with gratitude ever since.
1: Sit down. Tell them. Tell them, Harry. Ah, yes. Well, the Venus drugs, Harry. Venus drug? I've heard of it, but it's not just one of those stories. Oh, it exists. Illegally. Well,
0: actually, you see, it's a relatively harmless drug.
3: Harmless? Yeah,
0: uh, well, what it does is give you more of whatever you have. Well... With men it makes them more muscular Women Rounder Men more aggressive Women more feminine And He gave it to the women before you met them
5: Does that mean the others They really look like she does?
0: Mr Childress, I
5: Is that what it
1: means?
3: Yes, that's what it
0: means
1: What happened to my partners? They've left for their quarters during the storm, Childress a marriage subspace radio marriage
2: there's a fraud they can get out of it
0: if they want to
2: now the the next clip uh, that's coming up here is uh, i think uh, pretty much finishes off the episode uh, this one is uh, harry's got the drug down there this venus drug thing that's supposed to sort of enhance uh You know, if you're a woman, enhances your looks and and attitude changes a little, I guess. And the same thing for men. Well, he gives her this uh, drug, but uh, she learns and discovers that uh, it's not really uh, the drug. And and she sort of, you know, starts to look a little bit better anyway. And, uh, again, this is kind of the moral or the lesson of the story is that it's it's how you carry yourself and what you think of yourself and how you— you know, you act uh, that really determines the way people view you, and I, I think that's a good message. And it, it's interesting, though, in in current society of how much value you know you watch television or movies or flip open a magazine. How much value appearances put uh, put out there on on things, and it's I, I guess that goes back to sort of some you know very you know. I was almost going to say primeval, but that doesn't uh, make sense. You know, you know, man h- is driven by you know so much what he sees with his eyes and visual things. Uh, it's it's somewhat uh, primitive, you know, to a degree, but it, it it is the way I guess we're built to to also another degree. But anyway, I think this is still an interesting episode, and I, I like the idea here where where uh, Eve takes something she thinks it's sort of a placebo, but she ends up looking. Uh, better anyway because that's the way she thinks of herself at that point so uh, listen to this clip and I'll come back and kind of wrap things up
3: is this the kind of wife you want then not someone to help you not a wife to cook and sew and cry and need this kind Mm -hmm.
6: Selfish, Mm. vain, useless. Is this what you really want? All right, then. Here it is.
1: Quite a woman, eh, children? A fake. Pumped up by a drug. By herself. She took no drug.
3: I swallowed it.
0: Colored gelatin. Yes, they took away my drug and substituted that.
6: But that can't be.
0: There's only one kind
1: of woman. Or man, for that matter. You either believe in yourself or you don't. All right, Childress, I've gone as far with you as I intend to. I want those lithium crystals, and I want them now. Enterprises are Kirk. Spock here, Captain. Stand by. Do I beam down a search party? No. The, uh, the crystals are here. And you're welcome to them. Stand by, Mr. Spock. We're coming aboard with the lithium crystals. How many coming, Captain? we evil stay. Today, at least, we, uh, we want to talk. you've
3: got someone up there called the Enterprise
1: two of us Mr. Spark
0: come on Mr. Mudd don't you think you could possibly by accident arrange to leave me behind here on this planet that would be punishment enough I can't do that Harry but I will appear as a character
1: witness at your trial. If you think that'll help. It'll throw
0: away the key.
2: So there you have Harry, Mud, and Mud's women. A great, uh, first season episode of the original series. One, I, I, it's always fun to see again. It, just lots of fun stuff in it. And, uh, some great uh, acting. Uh, Roger Carmelis, Harry Mudd, great. It would have been nice to have seen him in a couple more episodes. It really plays well against uh, Kirk and William Shatner there, especially in that last scene at the end. And again, I-, I like the message of this episode. I think it, uh, it holds up and uh, is pretty good. Uh, so that's uh, that. I will uh, now play, though. It wouldn't be uh, complete without a father and son review and uh, their take on Mudd's women. So here we go with the Moyers.
7: Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is the Father Father and Son Review. Review. Yeah. Well, Rico, cool, you're doing one of those old episodes of the the original series with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and all their fun, exciting romps through the galaxy. Do you like the, the old series, Nathan? Yes. Yes, Captain. Yeah, I knew you'd do Sulu's impression. Be quiet, Captain. Okay. Well, anyway, this one was called Mud's Women, and it's the first time we see Hardcore um, Fenton Mud, which is just a wonderful character developed uh, for the series and the was, show. Wasn't he in the show a couple more times after this? Or I don't remember once. how many more times. At least once. He was more. in the animated series, though. Yeah, he that, was in the animated as my well. My favorite episode of the animated yeah, yeah, it's series. Very, when, very fun yeah, the, character. The Love Diamond. <laughs> he always had some angle, didn't he? Uh, anyway, we really like Bach. Yeah. I have an urge to hug you right now. <laughs> we're great friends, Captain. Oh, that was so goofy. Anyway, anyway it was great to see Harry Mudd, an awesome an obnoxious character. He kind of like was the used car salesman of the universe. That's always thought of him as kind of fun. And, of course, uh, we, we get to experience all these great emotions of the crew because they're all in love with the women because of that drug that they were taking. And that was kind of fun. I think it was just an excuse. Yeah, I do too. It's kind of check off any of those women. Yeah, that's probably what is. And Sulu, he wasn't lying, affected by but... it. What was up with that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just, ch- just choking. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, fun little episode. Lots of laughs. Very pointed moral at the end. I thought it was interesting that, you know, um, we're all only as beautiful as we believe we are on the inside. You know, is that old. Replace the the things with gel- gelatin.
3: Harry, <laughs> Harry
7: mud. No hardcore Fenton mud. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was a different episode. Well, that was the that was the with androids and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I thought that was the same. Thing. That's okay. It was fun. So, how many stars do you give this one? I give it. Um, I don't really want to give it stars. You can give it stars. Okay. I I really thought it was a fun and exciting episode, just a little bit different than they usually did. So, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a four stars. Maybe I'll give it three. Whatever Jane Smith's, what was her name? Ah, oh, you didn't like that show tonight, did you? Well, anyway, we—I did prepare something special. You got to listen to it. What do you think? I'm going to play this for everybody at Treks and Sci-Fi. It's the review of the episode done to the Brady Bunch theme. What do you think? Um, you're yawning. That's not good. That's not good. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kirk. Anyway, shall I play it for them? Why don't you do that, Greg? <laughs> All right, Bobby. (laughs) But, Dad. See you next time, you guys. Listen to the song, and then uh, we're out of here. And Back to you, Rico, after you listen to the song. Okay. Bye. Here's a story of a half-wit con man who was using up three very lovely girls. All of them looked really young, like supermodels. All three were popping pills. Here's the story. Of a Starfleet vessel That was helmed by a really cool guy named Kirk They met hardcore Harry Fenton Mudd But he was quite a jerk Till the one day when the ladies batted lashes And Kirk he saw through Harry's little eyes He'd give the girls away to some miners, Jail Harry and Fly the Enterprise The Enterprise the enterprise that's the shit they like to call the
3: enterprise
2: wow does it get any better than that folks there you go rick moyer and and <laughs> uh, a little take on the muds women episode uh, set to the tune of the Brady bunch man where do you get these ideas i love them i i just love them i can still remember that one you did uh about ShuttlePod1, Gilligan's Island. Uh, Oh, great stuff, Rick. Really appreciate it. And for those on the forums, and if you're not a member of the forums – uh, why aren't you? We've been seeing a lot of guests pop up. I've seen 15, 20 guests online or more at a time. Uh, join the forums because Rick usually posts up these songs that he puts, uh, puts out for the podcast. He'll put the little MP3 file up on the forum as well for your listening pleasure. So check that out. Uh, great stuff, guys. And thanks for your uh, contributions to this week's uh, look at Mud's Women and Harry Mud. Harry. Yes, that was from Mud that episode. Uh, good stuff. Thanks again, guys. It's time for a
3: collectible review on Trax Sci-Fi.
2: Okay, like I said earlier in the show, uh, we've got a guest uh, collectible review this week. This is by uh, Hawkeye on the forums. He sends in a review of uh, Doctor Who's TARDIS. This is a a review of a a little new uh, collectible that's out called The Flying TARDIS. Well, I'll let him talk about it, and I will be back in a few minutes.
4: Hi Rico, I just thought I'd take this opportunity to talk to you today about one of my collectibles I've got. I thought I'd take this opportunity, being that Doctor Who Series 4 has just started, and why not talk about the TARDIS? Um, I've started collecting little TARDISes now, I've only got about three or four of them, I've got the old 1980s one. This one's for the new series. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic, measures nine and a half inches in height and four and a half inches in width. Um made of hard plastic, obviously coloured in blue, exactly like you see on a screen for the new series. It's got a little wood finish on it, so you know you think, ah look, it's made of wood when it isn't really, it's made of plastic. The the glass surrounding it, hidden with a grey panel, lights up when you put the batteries in, which go in a small little panel on the side. Um really, really, really good, really good detail. You have a small little opening, a little door, uh, which is by the pull-to-open, and you get a little telephone on there when you pull that open. Underneath the TARDIS, you have, the, obviously, the on-off switch, and you also have a small little disc where you can put your finger in it, and if you hold the light, you can spin it round, so it looks like it's flying. Uh, presumably, this is why they call it the flying TARDIS. Now, the best touches on this, uh, this little model is the sound effects and the lighting effects. When you open the doors, and I, I don't know if you'll be able to pick this up on the microphone when I do it, you get a hum. This is the exact hum you hear in the background of any scenes that are filmed on Doctor Who for the interior of the TARDIS. Inside it, when you open the doors, uh, there's actually a picture of the inside of the TARDIS. So if you stand back a little bit, it's it's pretty convincing. But yeah, when you open the doors, I'll just do that now. You do get a little hum, and the inside of it actually like the light goes on and off. It's a quite a nice little touch there, and this goes off when you do close the tidy stores. Now the great thing for me with this is I absolutely love the dematerialization and the materialization sounds. Both of these are actually different. To dematerialize it, when you actually lift it up from being on the table, it does make the noise, so we'll do that now. Okay, so that's the dematerialization sound and that generally drifts off in the background. So, you get the impression that it's actually disappearing and going out. Now, when you land it again, you do get a little dif- a, a different sound. You get the materialization sound, which often ends with a thud, which you get there, which is going to do now. So, hopefully, you'll still hear me whilst this is going on. You can buy this item from uh, Toys R Us, WH Smith, and in England it cost me £14, which I think works out to be about $28. Um, absolutely brilliant I really do recommend you go and pick one up if you can, if you're a fan of Doctor Who so that's my little review of uh, this fantastic little police box, it might not be the real thing, although you can buy uh, buy a a, a full size replica of it for about £2,000 from uh, My Planet Earth I think it's called, I'm not 100% sure Uh, so yeah, if you want a cool little TARDIS to go on your shelf go buy this one Uh, hope you enjoyed the review
2: and uh, keep on watching Doctor Who, cheers fantastic review thank you hawkeye it was great uh, great to hear from uh another one of our uk listeners uh, uh we've had uh, some in the past that have called in and it's a it's always fun to have a, a someone else do a collectible review or a review of anything a book a movie tv show uh kind of lightens the load a little bit for me and it's it, again it's a great way to hear some other people and their take on things and i'm a big fan of the new doctor who and i'm gonna have to go out and buy one of those now that you've got me you've whetted my appetite Hawkeye, for uh for that little piece, that Tardis, uh, I did pick up the uh, the Dal- Dalek, Dalek. How do you say that again? Dalek, I think Dalek. Yeah, uh, that came. Uh, I got that about a eh, six months, seven or seven or eight months ago. That is a cool item as well as a little uh, Sonic screwdriver replica. Lots of cool new Doctor Who toys coming out, and I'll try to put some links in the podcast notes to where you can find those online. All right, folks, we come to the end of another Treks in Sci-Fi. I hope you've enjoyed this installment, and uh, you will be continuing to listen and come back next week. Uh, probably going to be a, another Trek episode. Not sure which series right now, but again, I always post that up on the main web page uh, near the top right, uh, treksinsci com. Look for that. Uh, probably by the time you listen to this podcast, it will be announced what next week's show will be about, and uh, that's always a way to try to encourage People to send in their comments uh, like the Moyers or others who wanna want to comment about a particular episode or subject matter that I'll be discussing. So keep an eye on that spot and uh, send your comments my way, treksf at gmail.com. Uh, and it's uh, pretty easy to you know just attach an audio comment if you want, or you can always call again the voicemail 206-66-66127. And don't forget, last couple of days to order a t-shirt. If you happen to slip past April 15th, I tend to order a few extra, especially of uh, the typical sizes people order. So if it is a few days later, shoot me an email if you, if you missed the deadline. If you're listening to this podcast, maybe a couple of days past April 15th. But that's about it, folks. Uh, after that, the order will be sent in, and that will be that. So, uh, again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and I will be talking to you again in about a week. Bye-bye for now.
3: It's been long.
2: Absolutely not.
7: <laughs> We're not doing it. <laughs> We're not singing the song again. Hey. No.
3: For more information on Trex and Sci-Fi, visit the Trex and Sci-Fi website at wwwtrexinsci This has been a Rico. Right.